Coming to you live, it's San Miguel Talk Story, a bilingual podcast presented by the San Miguel Storytellers and the San Miguel Literary Sala. I had a good friend that used to run a coffee shop that I used to play at. Um, she was 18 when she bought the coffee shop. Uh, had worked in the restaurant business since she was like 14. and She's actually the best boss I ever had, really smart savvy, good-hearted person. And uh, we would get in these discussions, and we also could spend lots of time quietly together without saying anything, and we get these big grins on our face, and I just get these intuitions. So I asked her, I knew what she's going to say, but I wanted to know how she was going to say it. I said, is it okay to trick somebody into doing something good for themselves? And she didn't hesitate. She said, absolutely because people often won't do for themselves what they'll do for other people. And they often won't do the things they most want to do, so it's great to trick them into doing it. You know, Tell them you're taking them out to dinner, but take them to that place that they've always wanted to see this band, or take them to that dance lesson and go with them. So she doesn't run that coffee shop anymore, and uh, I ended up moving down here, and I got a free ride to San Marcos. And, uh, where the coffee shop was. And I had two places I could stay. One was at my best friend's house, uh, which was uh, full of cats, and I'm allergic to cats. And the other one was uh, at a buddy's house, but it was way out in the country, and I didn't have a car. So I thought, you know, I'll go to the coffee shop and just sort of sit with what I want to do. So they dropped me off at the coffee shop, and I ordered my, my drink, and I sat down. And I was there like five minutes when my friend Rosemarie came in, and she said, hey, how long have you been here? And I go, I just got here like five minutes ago. And so she grabbed a coffee and sat with me, and she says, well, how long are you staying? I said, I don't know yet. I just got here. I'm, I'm sort of sitting with it. Well, where are you staying? And I told her what was going on with me. And she was quiet for a minute, and then uh, she took a sip from her, cough, from her coffee and sort of paused. And then she said, you know what? I'm going on vacation tomorrow. And you can stay in my place the whole time. And I said, man, that's perfect, because she had the best place. It was on top of a Victorian house, attic apartment with windows all around, and it was three blocks from the center of town. She goes, you can drive my car. You can ride my bicycle. And I go, that's awesome. What do I have to do? She goes, well, I need a ride back and forth from the airport, but I need you to do something else for me. And I said, what's that? She goes, well, lately at night, I've been hearing this rat in my kitchen. And I'm terrified to go and see what he looks like. So if you could catch this rat and get rid of him for me, mm-hmm. by the time I get back, that'd be great. And I said, sure, no problem. Uh, is that all I have to do? She goes, yeah, that would really help me a lot. And I said, okay. Um, so the landlady was supposed to buy a live catch trap. And she kept dragging. So it was getting closer and closer to the time Rosemary was getting back. I had like six days, I think. And... The deal was that if I didn't catch the rat with a live catch trap, I had to go to the store and buy a big break-its-neck rat trap uh, and set it. So I set the live catch trap for three days, and nothing happened. So now I had like three or four days left, so I went and bought the, the kill trap. and I set them both on top of the refrigerator because there was a hole behind the refrigerator where the rat was coming in, and he'd jump on the fridge and jump on the counter and get into stuff he wasn't supposed to get into. 
And I always thought it was interesting because we kept referring him to he, and I thought maybe that's just something because you never say, I caught the girl rat. You know what I'm saying? It's always a man. So maybe men really are rats. I don't know. Cause, uh, but I never said, we caught her, you know. Um, that night I went to bed, and right after I had fallen asleep, uh, the kill trap went off, and the rat let out a really angry, loud scream. It was like 30% fear and 70% I'm really pissed off, okay? And he sounded really big. And he fell with the trap between the refrigerator and the wall, and while he was screaming, would smack that piece of wood that the trap was made of back and forth like it was a baseball bat. Uh, it was so loud. And uh, so uh, I waited about 15 minutes until after the sound stopped before I even went in the kitchen to see what was happening. And sure enough, he was about this big with his tail. With his tail, you know, but he's so, like this big. So I got rid of him. And Rosemary had been checking in every but I hadn't heard from her in a couple of days. So I went to pick her up at the airport a few days later. And, uh, of course, the conversation quickly came to, did I get the rat? And I said, well, yeah, I did. But I kept setting the trap, and I actually I caught four more rats in the last uh, three days. Uh, two of them in the live catch trap, and I let them go, and three of them are dead. And... Uh, and I said, so I looked under the cabinets, and you have holes coming all in your, <laughs> under your cabinets. You have holes behind your refrigerator as well as on top. I looked in your closet. You have five or six holes coming in there. So basically, the whole house is, uh, is infested with rats. And she was in shock for a minute, and then she had the same sort of pause that she did when she offered me the place at the coffee shop. And she says, so what are your plans? Uh, <laughs> for the next while. And I said, well, I met someone that I want to date. So I was thinking about staying longer. She goes, you know what? She didn't hesitate. She goes, you can stay at my house as long as you want for free, uh, as long as you keep catching these rats. I said, okay. So that night, we blew up an air mattress for me, and her mattress was on the floor here, and my air mattress was here, and the kitchen was about 20 feet away. And... Uh, We'd gone to bed, and we were almost asleep, and I heard another rat on the kitchen counter. But the two traps were set, so I figured we'd catch them. Well, then the rat jumped from the counter onto the floor, and I heard the hugest thud, okay, that made the first rat seem really small. And I was like, holy smokes. And then the craziest thing happened. In the dark, it's amazing when, you know, you're cut off from your senses. In the dark... I heard it running across the floor, and it was running right towards my bed, like with purpose, you know? And I was like, holy smokes. And at the last second, right about here, and my head's about here, it jumped in the air, and I didn't know where it was, and then it landed on the pillow right next to my head. So I, two things happened at the same time. I sort of pushed myself up into the cobra position more rapid than I'd ever done, and this sound came out of me that was like, <laughs> wow, man, I couldn't have planned that any better. So, uh, for emphasis. So, in that split second, um, Rosemary bolted up, 
in her, on her bed. And I scared the rat, and it exploded in the air, and it was about to land on Rosemarie. And I couldn't say anything because I had like a millisecond and all this air had just escaped. So it was one of those moments where I was like, basically, there was nothing happening. In that same millisecond, I realized that it wasn't the largest rat in the world. It was her cat that had been <laughs> outside the whole two weeks while I was gone. Well, she was gone, but I couldn't warn her. Uh, so when it landed on her, as she was in the dark, after hearing my sound, like terrified, uh, she let out this incredible scream, which she throttled in like half a second and started laughing hysterically. I couldn't believe how fast she figured out uh, that it was a cat because we had rats on our brain for like two weeks. So it didn't even occur to us that it wouldn't be a rat. The beautiful thing was is that we couldn't stop laughing. I'd almost be asleep and she'd start giggling again. And then I'd start laughing, and it would come to this crescendo. And then I'd go, look, we really got to get to sleep. You know, it's getting late. And then, then I'd be the one that would break the silence, you know? And we laughed for four hours. Uh, and it dawned on me later that uh, she and I are still really good friends. And that moment was so visceral. It was like such a visceral fear connected with laughter, and I think that's why we couldn't stop laughing for so long. And I've never not felt close to her as a result of that, uh, that moment. Uh, my only sadness is that, you know, five ha rats had to die, uh, or three rats had to die, and two rats got, had to be relocated in order to give us the best laugh of our lives, you know. <laughs> and it dawned on me that, that the coyote did trick us. It tricked us into something that, for some reason, we were both in a place in our lives where laughter wasn't coming as easily. And that got everything out of our system. Uh, and that's the story. Thanks, y'all. The San Miguel Storytellers is a nonprofit organization intent on bringing back the oral tradition of storytelling to San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. If you would like to make a donation, volunteer, or get more information, visit sanmiguelstorytellers.com.